you there. Yeah, you. Ever feel like you know too much about celebrity gossip, movies, TV shows, and even music? All things that people deem unimportant. Well, you've come to the right place. Here at Trivial Lore, I discuss all things that are utterly useless, but otherwise make me happy. Let's start the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Trivial Lore Podcast. I'm your host, Cherry, and today is a very special episode because today is December 31st, New Year's Eve, um, and I'm doing a 2023 wrap-up edition of my favorite movies and TV shows of the year. Um, this was by request by everybody who voted on my Instagram account, um, and if you're not already following me on there, it's Trivial Lore Podcast, um, just to say with any updates or polls that I do regarding the episodes. But I want to get into my favorite TV shows first. Um, I had a lot, and I mean a lot, of trial and error with TV shows this year. Um, I found a lot of great ones that I like was totally into and was keeping up week by week with um, the new format because a lot of streaming services have decided to go back to um, weekly uploads, which I think I talked about in my first episode about how TV shows are doing, you know, like the longer formats or they're dropping all at once. And I kind of miss like the week to week, um, drops. And as much as I said that and how passionate I was about that, um, sometimes with some of the shows, I'm like, I need two episodes at a time, but it did build that anticipation more. And I could see how the fan base was more invigorated with a week by week release. Um, and specifically in regards to the first show that I was really into, right? I was really into Gen V, um, which is a spinoff show of the boys. Now, last year, everybody knew that Gen V was coming when they casted Jasmine Sinclair to play the main lead. Um, but I don't think that any of us like fully knew what was going to go on because, you know, all that they released was that it was going to be set on a college campus, um, and there were going to be no heroes emerging. And, you know, I was a little bit hesitant. I'm not even gonna lie. I was like, I don't understand how the boys format is going to work on a college campus. Like, it sounds like a cool premise, but I just personally don't know how it's going to go. Um, and I will say I was blown the fuck away. Um, from the first, from the very first episode, which I, this is my, also my gripe with the week to week, um, releases is that, you know, you start off so strong with like a 50 minute episode and you're thinking that, okay, with the premiere episode, you're going to get like 40 to 45 minute episodes, right? With Gen V, that wasn't the case. It would vary from sometimes it would be 30 minute episodes to 50 minute episodes with the finale and the, um, the pilot episode, right? And so I was really, really like looking forward to like 40 minute format episodes. Um, and I think the thing that sucks about that is that they build this expectation, right? That there's going to be a whole bunch of, you know, information that's being released like each week. And I think that it did build upon each other really, really cool. And all of the characters in the main core of the cast were all very fleshed out, all very complex, and we got to know each of them 
and like their abilities and how it relates to their personality and also how it relates to all of like the struggles that they're going through right and I think that was really helpful and it fleshed out the characters beautifully and I think that the character development in that show was flawless and it always has been since the beginning of the boys even um they have a very strong sense of their characters and you know what their purpose is and how their superheroes um superheroes I'm sorry how their superpowers relate to those right um, and I think that's what made like Gen V more enthralling too. And also have for me having a black female lead um, was fucking incredible. And she, her character too, Marie Monroe, Marie Monroe is literally like a sweet angel baby. Like she is just trying to do right by everybody and be fair and just. And I think she shows like that like that superhero innocence, right? Of like just trying to help everybody and be the best that she can be. Um, before facing before facing the harsh realities of like the ending of the first season right where you know I won't go into many details because I know a lot of people might still have to catch up but I mean if you haven't watched it by now you need to fucking catch up because when the boys release the new season next year it's going to be in direct correlation with the how Gen V ended on the last episode so you really got to keep up to date and that's also something I miss I will say I miss like the I miss the added content that we got from spinoffs and like relating to the main show like we haven't had that in so fucking long like I can't even think of the last series that did that where it's intertwined and so I re I really fucks with that I like that concept um, because we're able to flesh more out of the world um, and especially when you have something so rich like the boys and like it's based off of um graphic novel not graphic novels i think it's comics it's not graphic novels um you have so much fucking shit to work with and i know a lot of it isn't the same from the original writing but when you have that foundation and you have that fucking huzzah it, it, oh, it just fucking works it just fucking works so gen v was number one for me i got really fucking into it um, and it's something that I recommend to a lot of people, especially if they've seen the boys. Um, I just think that the humor, the suspense, um, the action, oh my God, the fucking action is just so fucking good. Um, so that was number one for me. Number two took me by surprise. It is an Apple TV show and I found out about it while it was in their second season. Um, but their second season did premiere this year. I just came way late to it. Second, per second season released, I believe at the beginning of the beginning to springtime, um, in 2023. And I didn't watch it till fall. Um, but that is shrinking actually starring Harrison Ford. Um, fucking what's his name? Um, Jason Segal and, uh, Oh my god i'm blanking on her name jessica williams oh my god jessica williams um fucking brilliant show and i will say i've been struggling you know like not to get too sad or anything on the podcast but um i've been struggling with like a lot of themes of like grief and loss this year um and so watching something oh i'm tearing up already <laughs> um watching something like shrinking especially when it directly relates to dealing with someone close to you that you've lost and trying to live your life after that loss is like so it it's a lot right it's a lot and so watching that and seeing how it directly relates to like a father-daughter relationship or even like a close friend 
um, because Jason Segal, just to give you a brief overview, loses his wife, and he's trying to rekindle his, you know, relationship with his daughter that he didn't really, they had a relationship before, but it was mainly held together by um, his wife and her mother, right? So she was the bonding glue that kept them together, and so now that, you know, you lose that part of the equation, how do you rework your relationship and still honor and, you know, you know, still honor and love and remember the person that held you together. Um, especially working from like a family dynamic, it's really heavy, right? And I get really emotional about this, but it's funny because everything in that show is, I mean, not everything, but a lot of themes are presented through comedy in the show. So it's like, it really is a dramedy, but it, I would say it, it is more like head on with like, you know, um, with its jokes and its punchlines and, you know, like situational humor. But I think the cast does it also flawlessly. And I think even for Harrison Ford, who is a comedy actor and like, you know, he has starred in a lot of dramas and actions and he has such a wide array of, you know, um, you know, a wide array of uh, acting and, you know, roles that he's played. Um, this is one of my favorites from him by far. And I love him in comedies. Um, I know a lot of people like him in action movies because he's like that stoic, like kind of sarcastic um, comic relief. But I love to see him in this kind of setting. Um, and he his character shows so much, um, you know, kind of kind of subtle and loving um, ways to be there for people. And so it's just like showing up through like a small conversation or, you know, with a small check in. And oh, yeah, I forgot to reveal that like the main purpose and like why it's called shrinking is that they're therapists. So Jason Segal is a therapist. Harrison Ford's a therapist. Jessica Williams, a therapist. They all work in the same office. Um, and Harrison Ford is kind of Jason Segal's like mentor. Um, and it's just it's crazy how you take that from like a therapist perspective and like you know, how you're trying to help other people when you're struggling so much with, like, your day-to-day -day life. And I think it's just a great way if, like, people are just trying to come to terms with grief and, like, how they deal with loss, um, but, like, want it, it presented more in a way that's, like, you know, funny. Um, I definitely recommend Shrinking, and I could not talk about that show enough. It just absolutely blew me away. Um, the co comedic performances are fucking hilarious. Like, I was literally laughing out loud so many times. And I love comedies, but sometimes I'm not, like, actively laughing. So when I get a show that actively makes me laugh or gasp or cry, uh, it stays at the top of my brain. So that was a big one for me. And then also transitioning into a dramedy was a Netflix um, UK original, which was called Everything Now, starring Sophia Wilde, who she was in um, Talk To Me, which... That was a honorable mention, honestly, for my movies, which I'll get to later. But a stellar performance from her. I think she is going to be a very, very big up-and-coming actor in 2024. I want to see her in so many fucking projects. I think she's so talented. But she stars in a, um, a dramedy on Netflix called Everything Now, which is... Also, another theme that I was trying to tackle this year, which was my previous um, struggles with, well, not previous, I mean, it's always ongoing, right? Like, I, I'm just, you know, getting better in my day-to-day -day with this, but 
um, this show dealt with um, eating disorder issues and how it manifests in your day-to-day life and you know it goes a lot more in depth of like you know inner monologue and um, it's narrated heavily by Sophia Wilde um, and through her character and I think it adds like a lot more like depth and reality like I, I don't necessarily so she suffers from um, anorexia I that's not necessarily my eating disorder but I was able to see a lot of my um, kind of thought process through that narration in the show and so to see that and like to see that I'm not crazy and that you know like that this is like a common thing for a lot of people with eating disorder was de- I'm sorry eating disorders was a, kind of reaffirming for me um, it did make me face like a lot of like a lot of like negative feelings and a lot of like harsh realities of like how I treat my body and how how it might affect others in like ways that I don't necessarily see um and it was just it was rough like especially with the family dynamic and um also involving like her brother and you got to see his perspective through an episode oh my god it was just so gut-wrenching but there was also like a lot of like these moments of like hope and um and like just humor of like you know like her being with her friends and all these situations that they get into because she still is a relatively young character um i think she's supposed to be like 17 or 18 um so you know seeing her still have like these moments where she's trying to be a normal teenager um was just like really refreshing and there's just like so many funny scenes um because like the fucking cast is incredible they are able to do like this balancing act between you know like serious tone and you know just straight up fucking humor and line delivery so I really enjoyed it um I don't want to spoil too much um because there's a lot of um interpersonal workings too especially within a friend group and like love interests that I don't want to get into because it could really spoil some not surprises but like just spoil like the fun of watching it um so that's like the brief overview for that for me and I really 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 enjoyed that show um and I recommend it to anybody who just likes dramedies in general Um, But I think it was done beautifully and the pacing was amazing. Um, Another one that took me by surprise, a lot of Apple TV shows took me by surprise this year. And this was Lessons in Chemistry with uh, Brie Larson, which it has has been a long journey, me and Brie Larson. Um, I was not the biggest fan of her, I would say, like from like 2012 to 2015. I didn't really understand her acting. and until I saw the room and then I was like okay I know what she's about and I can get behind it um you know I was a Brie Larson hater at one point but you know no longer I have been you know I've seen the light and I think her performance in Lessons in Chemistry is fucking phenomenal um you know she does play kind of a type a seemingly autistic character right um who falls in love with uh Lewis Pullman who god fucking the chemistry between them and the chemistry on that man is fucking insane um it's just a very i wouldn't say informative show but you do learn a lot in regards to just science and how it relates to like everyday life and you know scientists in the fit i think it's set in like the 50s or 60s um and brie larson's character is just trying to do this balancing act between being a mother and being a scientist and wanting to fulfill her dreams and honoring her mind and her ideas but while still trying to be there for her daughter and it's a very 
It's a very, very interesting show. Um, once again, I don't want to spoil too much, but if you have any inclination to, you know, science-based shows or, you know, kind of like, this is a very, like, dramatic tone, too. It takes a, it takes a quick turn with, um, you know, themes of death and grief, etc., so I will say that's also like something, as you can see, there's a theme with all the TV shows that I like this year. Um, and that just seemed to be a common theme. I don't know why, but that one took me by surprise. I love the cinematography. I love the graphics. I love the editing. It was very, very, very well done. And I think you should, should just go into it vaguely blind because I've given you a brief, over, uh, brief overview of the themes, but I think everybody should just at least watch like two or three episodes and I've <laughs> I've forced my best friend to watch it with me um because I was going insane because it was so good um and then honestly this last one I was not expecting to like this at all I will be so real with you I am not a reality tv show person I was when I was a teenager um you know shout out to um bad girls club and you know all those other fucking you know fun until tequila you know flavor of love all of those like tv shows reality tv shows were my jam back in the day but you know as i grew older i i've watched like love is blind and you know like love island and stuff but like i can't fully invest into it anymore i don't know why it's just not my jam um and so like reality reality tv is very very hard for me to watch and so when I saw people talking about this early on in the year, I would like, I would say like during the springtime release, um, I was like, mm, like, how can it be that funny? Like, how can it be that entertaining? And that show is jury duty. Now stay with me. This show, the premise itself is so fucking insane. And I will say the guy that made this show is actually one of the guys from Sex, uh, the Sex Lives, Sex Lives of College Girls. I, I can't remember the title, but yeah, Sex Lives of College Girls. Um, it is God. What the fuck is his name? Um, I'm sorry. I'm shooting all of this off the dome. So, holy shit, guys! I cannot think of his name. Mecky Leper. Oh my God. Yes, I was right. Okay, Mecky Leper. Um, Mecky Leper. So he actually is the creator of the show and one of the writers. So essentially, this is a show where everybody besides one person is an actor, right? So this guy thinks that he's going on jury duty. Um, this poor guy is presented with so many outrageous situations um, that normally, I mean, maybe they would occur. I don't really know. I've never been on a jury, um, but... He is placed in these situations where, you know, he is interacting with different and very outlandish characters on the jury that he is currently serving on for a case. And everybody knows besides him. And the kicker is, too, is that they have James Marsden, <laughs> who plays himself, but he is, excuse me, he is also aware that, you know, everything is going on and that this guy is the only guy it's like a social experiment essentially like how would you how would you act on like this sort of thing and so he goes through the entire trial process thinking that this is a real trial that he is involved in and it's just fucking asinine like I will say this was also one that I just laughed my ass off to um it 
it is so well done. I'm so glad to see that it's doing well this award season for reality television because it is so masterfully done. Like, who the fuck would think of something like this? Um, it's just so genius. Like, I haven't seen anything like this in a while. And I've been trying to get a whole bunch of people to watch it. Nobody heeds my recommendation seriously. But if you care about my opinion at all, which I hope you do a little bit if you're listening to this, I highly recommend it, even if it's just background noise. It's just so funny to come in and see these fucking characters besides, like, the guy who's, like, trying to, like, keep it together because he's, like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Like, this, he's, like, this seems like something's off, but, like, he can't really put his finger on it. Um, And, oh, my God, I just hope he gets everything good in life. That dude is so fucking hilarious, and bless him for, you know, sticking through. Um, but go watch Jury Duty. I believe it's on Amazon. Um, and I'm going to just do a quick rapid uh, just to let you know which what streaming platforms each one is on because, you know, I hate having to look this up. But Gen V is an Amazon Prime show shrinking, like I said, Apple Apple TV. Um, please get the subscription. I promise you it's worth it. They have so many other um, shows in their back catalog that I need to, you know, fucking watch that I've heard insane things about because Apple TV does not promote their fucking shows and next year we better get a new season to severance because I have not watched it but I've heard incredible things I've seen clips and I'm gonna start it come this new year and I know I'm gonna be heavily invested into it so hopefully severance and for the severance heads they get a new season um anyway that was supposed to be rapid fire it wasn't everything now is Netflix, Lessons in Chemistry, another Apple TV, and Jury Duty is another Amazon Prime show. So, I mean, well, it's Freebie technically, but Amazon Prime owns most of, like, Freebie TV shows. So, you know, just a fun little fun fact. Um, And then quick honorable mentions, I want to say that Swarm on Amazon Prime was fucking incredible. Not one of my favorites because there was... There was a couple of points that it was a little too disturbing for me to watch personally, but I think Dominique Fishback deserves her shine this award season because that fucking performance is so, I can see it so emotionally and physically taxing. My fucking God, was that an intense ass show? And I just hope that they honor her this award season because she fucking deserves it. But Swarm was fucking incredible. Bone chilling. I just, I am blown away by her performance, truly. And Billie Eilish's performances, too, really took me by fucking surprise. I was not, I was gagged, to say the least. I was not expecting that from her. Um, Another one that I really want to watch come 2024, I knew it released this year, um, and I think it released in the fall slate for TV shows, um, was Black Cake. And I really, 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 really want to watch it. Um, I am not the biggest sci-fi girl, but I have been into a lot of sci-fi as of lately, so I'm going to give it a try. But Black Cake, um, which is a Hulu original, I believe. Um, oh my God, guys. I just realized I forgot one of my favorite shows, and I'm going to kick off off of my top. Uh, how could I forget? The fucking bear the bear i was talking about this incessantly all fucking year and it it just escaped my fucking brain um and i was just re-watching it this week the fucking bear it's not an honorable mention this is actually the number one spot if you know me you know how passionate i am about the bear and i'm briefly gonna touch on this because you know 
a lot of people know my stance already on this online, but beautifully written, beautifully delivered, aesthetics, cinematography, fucking depth of the character. The comedy is so well done that you almost forget that it's not a fucking comedy. Um, Carmen Brazado, I fucking love you. Sydney Adamu, I fucking love you. You all have my heart. I cannot believe that just happened. I'm keeping that in. I'm not even going to edit over that. That that is fucking insane that I forgot about the bear. Please watch the bear season two. Um, a beautiful, beautiful season in regards to how you can properly develop your characters in season two and still and still allow for plot lines to happen. And that fucking ep- the fucking seven fishes episode. The way I, the way it resonated with me way too fucking much in the chaos and the absolute, you know, like trying to pretend that everything is together mood is just, oh my God, fucking took me, blew me away. Um, and I cannot wait for season three. Like I am waiting with bated breath because I know it doesn't premiere till the summer. Um, but the Bear Hive stand up because we're definitely getting Emmy nominations, Golden Globe nominations, and they will be winning because who the fuck going to top it? Um, love you, Abbott Elementary, but you're really not touching the bear. I'm so, I'm so, 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 so fucking sorry, but you're not doing it this year. You're not. It's just not happening. Um, and then another one for honorable mentions. I'm so sorry for the tangent, but another honorable mention was Survival of the Thickest. Um... It was very affirming. It's a very short series. I think it's only six episodes and they're only 30 minutes a piece. But I will say it was very heartwarming and very, um, very revealing for me as well as a plus size woman um, who's trying to navigate, you know, relationships and love and seeing that, you know, if you have if you have this confidence in the way that you carry yourself and you put that above all else, the right people will show up in your life and the right people will want to be present and want to love you and show you the, this appreciation. Um, and that was just really affirming, especially because I went through a very bad breakup, um, about like, Oh my God, it's almost, (laughs) it's, it's coming up on two years, but it's uh, about a year ago. And, to see that, you know, like life does not end after like one of the worst breakups of your life. Like that was very affirming for me. Um, and seeing that you can still chase your dreams, like well into like your older age, like she's not old. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not young, but I mean, I am relatively young, but you know, um, she's like going through like a transitional period in her career, like as she's getting older and she's hitting, I think she turns like damn, I don't want to like, I don't want to like up it if it's not the age I think it is. But I think she's like in her late thirties and just transitioning into a new career and a new path and like wanting that for herself. It's like never too late to start over is like the main theme of that show. And that is true for like multiple characters in that show. It's never too late to redirect and to, you know, pivot into being the person you actually want to be instead of the person that you were. Um, And that was just something that, you know, struck me so deep and I loved it so much um and then the last honorable mention for tv shows was class of 07 now like I said before I've been on my sci-fi shit but not too much right class of 07 was a New Zealand show 
actually, that premiered on Amazon Prime, starring Emily. Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking botch it. Hold on. Emily, it starts with a B. You know, guys, I'm really good at like remembering names and like faces, but this one was like, I think this came out during summer too. And so I am blanking on the names. Emily Browning. I knew it was Emily B. Um, but I almost wanted to say Emily Blunt, which is not Emily Blunt, but Emily Browning stars in it. Um, she is the girl from the original movies of a series of unfortunate events. If you have not seen that starring Jim Carrey as well. Um, what have you been doing for the past like decade and a half? Um, I don't know. Get on that. Um, but Class of 07 was a very, very interesting kind of like sci-fi thriller. It's like, I don't even know. Yeah, it is sci-fi. Sci-fi thriller. Um, I honestly don't want to muddle the plot at all because that last episode, bitch. I don't know if there will be a season two, but if there is, okay, I'm with it. Um, but Class of 07 was, it, it toes the line between a sci-fi comedy and like I said, I don't want to give you too much context. Um, just go watch it. Go watch the trailer. Go experience it for yourself. Um, that was one that I went in blind. I just saw a lot of people posting about Class of 07 and like posting like funny clips, but I didn't really understand how it related to the sci-fi element of it all. Um, but yeah, go check that out. That was a really good one for me. Um, and that was like a sh also like a short one. And I think it properly just and I think the thing I liked the most about that as well was that it was an almost an entirely female cast. I think it is actually. Hold on. Pause. Pause. Yeah, that is an all female cast. First of all, all female cast, all New Zealand. Um, and I think there's a British girl in there. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Right. But um, it. Uh, an all-female cast because it takes place at an all-girls school at a reunion of the class of 07 and it's an apocalyptic um tv show so with those in mind if it interest if that piqued your interest at all definitely go watch it um it definitely gave me like funny like lost vibes almost um so yeah that was a that was another shining star for me this year um and who doesn't love a great all-female cast and now that we have wrapped up my top five, well, top six, because I forgot about the fucking bear. How dare I? Um, please forgive me, Jeremy Allen White. <laughs> and <laughs> IOD Bree, please forgive me. Forgive me. Um, now we're going to transition into. Now we're going to transition into my top movies of the year with a couple honorable mentions. Um, now. You guys know by now, I'm a comedy girly, so if you came here for some complex, crazy, off-the-wall movies, um, that is not what's going to happen right now. But I will say, I did watch a lot of um, older movies this year. Um, I, I went back to a lot of classics. I've been trying to you know, redo franchises, which I'll get into at the end um, with the honorable mentions, but... Um, in terms of 2023 projects that came out this year that I really, really loved. And that's what I've been trying to stick to is like releases from this year. Um, there have been a lot of good movies. Don't get me wrong. And I think my list will shock you just a bit. Um, 
but there have been a lot of good a lot of good movies a lot of solid movies i think we are in a time where we're trying to especially with all the strikes that went on this year right i think we're in a time where we're trying to get back to original screenplay like original scripts um no actually that's not even true um we're in a time where we're trying to recycle old ips um and trying to reinvent the wheel where i think that we could be better serving time cultivating original ideas and so a couple of these new ideas um by you know new and green directors and writers and one of them i had to mention because although it is a reiteration it was one of the best to ever do it and so let's kick off this list strong with bottoms now like i just said i'm a comedy girly i love a laugh i love a chuckle a giggle it is my jam, right? So Bottoms for me was very, very, very highly anticipated. They released the details of this movie, I believe, at the beginning of 2023 or the end of 2022. So being an IO Debris stan since The Bear came out, and I had, and I've actually been an IO Debris stan because I used to listen to her podcast called Icono- Iconography with her close friend who is also a writer. Um, I have known about her for quite some time and she has been a writer and in the industry working very, very fucking hard before this. But when she teamed up with Rachel Sennett, who is also an up and coming comedy actress and writer, I was like, I'm fucking sold. And with the log line that was that it's essentially a gay fight club movie sold me sold me you did not have to tell me much else so i go i went in knowing that i was gonna like this like it right i did not know that i was gonna go out of it loving every single fucking moment when i tell you i was belly laughing in the fucking theater and i'm so glad that i was in a theater where also a lot of people were laughing and enjoying like just the fucking absurdity that was that movie was something so beautiful that once again, I'm rediscovering in the movie theater experience. Um, you know, I don't really go see a lot of comedies in the theater because there's not a lot of comedies out, right? There's not a lot of comedies out. We're in a period where it's all about thrillers and sci-fi and action, and that's all great, but I want fucking comedy. I want fucking comedians in the goddamn theater again. And so when we have these two young fucking 20-something which they're the same, around the same age as me, 20-somethings creating fucking hilarious-ass movies like Bottoms. It, it just warms my heart because also there's, uh, this is something I've been talking to with a lot of people as well, is that in comedy, right, the whole thing about comedy nowadays is that people don't think that they can do these outlandish jokes, these off-the-wall jokes because, you know, everybody's so fo- fucking woke and nobody can take a fucking joke anymore, blah, blah, blah. Huh, I raise you bottoms. Okay, there's a lot of fucking jokes and a lot of a lot of fucking play on situational humor and stuff like that that is taking the butt of fucking queer people and, you know, just throwing that shit in your face and like saying the most outlandish shit 
you can think of to get a fucking laugh and it fucking works you guys are just cowards and you're not actually funny because this movie does it so fucking well and so flawlessly and i'm sorry if you don't get it um but this is what this is what comedy looks like if you forgot um and i am just so utterly proud of each <laughs> each fucking performance in this but i will say i even am it is so good that i'm even quoting it in my day-to-day -day life like these quotes are running through my head nonstop. um and that's like the that for me that's like the thing that shows that's something it can be immortalized and something that is can actually stand the test of time and can actually that actually works right because if we think about movies like she's the man and you know like all of these like 2000s comedies that you know you can even watch today and yeah like some of the themes might be a little bit outlandish whatever some of the things that might they say they might say might be a little bit off the wall but it fucking works and it's fucking hilarious um and i think bottoms will hold the like will stand the test of time with this shit because it's fucking hilarious and i will get off my soapbox because i could talk about how great bottoms is for the rest of this fucking episode but i won't um and transitioning into another IODB project, because that girl was booked and fucking busy this year, was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, I have been a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stan since, whew, I was a wee little loss. Um, I've been a big fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles since I was a kid. Um, I loved the live actions. I've watched the cartoons when I was younger. Um... I'm not heavy into the lore. I know base lore of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I know that the director of this um, is also like a huge fan of, you know, just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in general. And so you can see that in this movie. You can see someone who loves the story and who wants to reinvigorate it for another generation um, and really handling the story with love and care. I think this one is so special to me specifically and I'm trying not to tear up because I love when people understand that young and youthful characters need to be represented by the youth themselves and not by old, an older generation trying to mimic what the younger generation sounds and looks like, right? So they, all the kids that voice acted for all of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were done by kids of the generation, right? That this, uh, that this movie is being presented to and their chemistry and the, just like the bouncing off of each other, which they, um, if you guys didn't know in several of the scenes, usually in voice acting, right? Um, you're in separate booths, you read your lines, you're not with the people that are in the scene with you it's not like it's not like you're able to feed off of each other's energy when you're doing um animation it's just you know you see you see the scene you see how it interacts with the other characters but you it's you in a booth and that's it and you're doing the work from there which in itself is like a very it's a very hard job because you're it's just you and you're acting off of that but what's so special about this movie is that they actually had all of the kids um, I'm sorry, they're teens, but you know, all of the, all of them together in the booth acting off of each other, specifically in one of the scenes where, um, 
where they're talking to IODV's character and you know like they're kids that like don't really they're just chronically online right like they have phones they're on online um but they don't have any friends like they're secluded off from the world but they still have like the base knowledge of like you know like TikTok and you know like videos and YouTube and all that shit and so it's really cute to see them like interact with like you know like and respond with these like iconic like memes right and like iconic moments in like pop culture like of recently especially if you're like a chronically online person like i am um you're very aware of like the shit that they say during the movie and it's just so cute i love that energy and i love that they were represented well and i just want to protect them like they're just like those are my boys for real like the the teenage mutant ninja turtles have always been like an extension of family to me like a parasocial relationship so to be able to see like it still works for a younger generation and it still can be done because the story itself is so rich was just so cute and i tear up (laughs) i tear up just thinking about it i've rewatched it several times since i saw it in the summer and i will say that theater experience for me especially because there were also like young kids like young teenage boys in the theater as well and hearing them laugh like to like the things that are like obviously funny to teenage boys was just so fucking cute and i love that for them i love that they have something like that um it makes me emotional it makes me emotional i'm trying not to cry but it just does like that's like the purpose of movies right like that is i'm just glad that like kids can still have that experience that i had when i was younger because you know, a lot of shit is going on in the world and just to see that reflected within the times and that it still works is just oh it's just so fucking good. But I need to move on before I, I really start crying. Um but another movie, I mean speaking of crying, a movie that literally moved me to fucking tears and I will say the summer releases this year were just back to back because all of these all of these besides the last one um were all summer releases and um past lives um a celine song directorial debut and she also wrote this like i said earlier i was working through a breakup that happened last year um thankfully i've made a breakthrough and i think that this movie was the catalyst during the summer Um, that really put shit into perspective for me personally it's not directly related to my situation but I think that if you're dealing with um, another theme of like loss um, and that and I mean like loss in a way that you're you're losing not necessarily a person but a relationship that was significant to you um, this one hit hard and it is just it is so there's something so intimate and heartbreaking about this movie because it is about losing a part it's about it's about losing your past self and who you were and how you're viewed by other people and other people's perception of you is so it can be so different from how you view yourself right and I think that with past lives which within its name is like the theme of the movie right having to deal with the person that you once were and this is more the movie more directly relates to um you know childhood 
and also young adulthood because they also touch base on, you know, like the relationship that they had when they were in college, which is crazy because there's nothing. It's not like there was a physical intimacy, right, between like these two characters. It was all an emotional, emotional, emotional intimacy. And I think that's what drives this so much more deeper is that having to deal with like losing that emotional intimacy with someone that you perceived as, you know, X, Y, and Z and coming to terms with the fact that you're no longer that person is just like, and especially when it's right in your face in the theater. Oh my God, was it fucking heartbreaking. And I'm really just trying, and I'm trying not to give too much. I'm just trying to intrigue you enough to go, you know, at least watch a trailer or at least watch a clip. Right. Um, I never want to reveal too much about a story when I'm giving a review, um, unless that's something that you guys are into, but I don't like going that in depth because I want you to form your own opinion. I'm just, I just want to share how it touched me, but this is one of those movies that I can see how it's inter- it can be interpreted in many different ways to a lot of different people because it is all about the relationships that you have had previously. And there is a scene in this movie. I will say I will say this one thing. There is a scene in this movie where it is the two main characters, the main lead actress and her husband right who is not even the main love interest of this story he is actually like a side plot i mean not a side plot a side character who serves a bigger purpose in this like thruple right (laughs) essentially a thruple is how i view it right um they're in bed though and they're just you know just talking about how her revisiting this relationship with a past a past per, or a past lover essentially i don't even know if they're lovers really like in how i interpreted it um but you know just like somebody that you know you share this emotional deep connection with and how he's you know resurfaced in her life um and he says and it stuck with me like you know you dr- he how she dreams in korean and there will always be, and I'm trying not to cry, oh my god, Jesus, it's so fucking emotional, but, you know, like, he talks about how, you know, there are some things that, like, he just will never understand, because he can never be a part of that world, um, because he doesn't speak Korean, because he doesn't understand the intricacies of her culture, and, you know, like, all of the things that are ongoing, because they're, uh, she's Korean, to clarify, and he is, um, I believe, like, Italian-American, um, white, essentially, right, So there are these things that he'll never be able to understand and these things that he'll never be able to share with her because they don't share that cultural connection like she does with um, this man that she was previously emotionally intimate with. And so, like, I'm getting chills just thinking about it because, like, you want to love and understand somebody so deeply, especially when you're in love with somebody. And you just will never you will never 100% know somebody and there's something so like there's something so rewarding because like then you're able to reveal like all of these things about people as the years and as you you know as you spend more time with someone year after year after year after year and decades right um but there's also something so heartbreaking that you'll never be able to like fully know somebody and that's really fucking sad it's really sad and so just with that that's the only scene I really want to reveal because it hit fucking, it fucking hit something deep in me. And that's something that I rethink about 
a lot since I've seen the film. Um, but yeah, go see Past Lives. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful film, especially if you're okay with a little bit of emotional damage um, that goes on because it is, you do reflect a lot. Like, I literally, like, I drove home in silence. I sat in my bed. I did not watch a single fucking thing after I watched that movie. I just st- sat and stared at the fucking wall. Like, it was that. It was that deep for me. Um, and then another very sad movie. And this is a recent one for me. I just recently saw this in theaters with my sister. And got, like, it was such a blessing, but also so fucking heart-wrenching that I went to go see it with my sister, who I have a very close relationship with. Um, but it was Iron Claw, starring Zac Efron, Harris Dickinson, um, Jeremy Allen White, and, um, um, Lily James. What a fucking incredible way to show, to showcase tragedy. Once again, themes for this year, apparently for me, tragedy, loss, and grief. Um, what a, what a humanizing way to showcase these through a family who went through so much fucking suffering and they don't even begin to skim the surface right Uh, in the movie like you think the movie is bad please go watch a couple I mean not watch but go read a couple articles um that they've done over like the past couple decades about this family I swear to you the father will never see the pearly gates of heaven he will not um it is just so unbelievably heart-wrenching heart-wrenching to watch um I could not stop crying the second half of the movie I damn near was ready to box the fucking screen because I was getting so fucking upset and once again I don't want to reveal a lot I just want to let you know that in sports itself there is always this high and physical demand to be the best you always have to reach like the pin to reach the pinnacle of success you have to beat everybody you have to be the best push your body to the limits and athletes are fucking insane right they do so many things to make the impossible happen with their bodies as as the not the weapon because weapon is really like it's a really heavy word I don't want to say weapon but like to use your body as the vessel to carry out these things that are just insane to begin with and to do that on a daily and for that to be your main focus is to have your body be that vessel and the vessel that you're supposed to treat with like utmost care right because like you only have one body you only have one life it is just fucking insane to see people push themselves to these limits and obviously there is severe consequences that come with that but holy shit is it so 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 heartbreaking to watch like these brothers who are just like out their core like very 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 sweet men right like men that just do as they're told and are just trying to carry out this dream perpetuated by their father at that and trying to beat these generational curses it is just so hard to watch like just sweet sweet men be plagued by shit that is out of their control um essentially because like these are a lot like a lot of shit that happens to this family is just freak fucking accidents um 
And it's just, it's so fucking sad. It's so fucking sad. And each performance delivered by these brothers, including by the guy that played Michael, because I'm so sorry, boo, I do not know your name. Um, Each fucking performance is, is so fucking good that I damn near forgot I was watching actors play people. Like, they felt like genuine people. I mean, I mean, they are real people, right? But, you know, like, I could have been mistaken that Zac Efron actually was, you know, one of the Von Erich brothers. And it's just, it's so moving. If you have any interest in wrestling or sports movies or, you know, just like, you're okay with watching a little bit of tragedy, I would highly recommend watching this movie. Um, it is just so well done. The cinematography, the costuming, the styling, the hair and makeup, everything. It goes the whole nine yards. You can tell that they put a lot of care and a lot of attention into this story. Um, and like I said, it's just skimming the surface. It doesn't even go as deep as it could have been. But I think for how much for how much tragedy and how much how much sadness lives within inside this family itself. Um, I think that it still does a very, it, it does a great way of honoring them um, and honoring all the brothers, because even though there is a lot of tragic shit that happens, I don't think that it ever depicts anybody besides the father in like, in a very like dark and like gruesome, like light. I think it, how you're able to see like the, the sincerity and the love that they had for each other as brothers. And that's why I say that it was so hard for me and my sister to watch it together because it's like, we have such a strong bond that mimics that. And we literally pointed to each other at the end of the movie and we're like, you better not fucking die first. Like I will fucking kill you if you die before me. Like it is that fucking serious. Like watching that and like experiencing that, I can't even imagine like, I can't even imagine the fucking emotional emotional turmoil. I almost turned fucking Australian there. Um, (laughs) But the emotional turmoil that you have to go through and then, like, to carry on your life after that? Bro, I couldn't fucking do it. Like, I don't mean to get dark, but I don't think I could fucking do it. I'm sorry. It is just, it is so fucking much. So go into Iron Claw um, with that expectation that you are going to be broken because you are going to be broken. But that was a five star for fucking me um, of the year, hands down. And I hope that we're able to get them in time for award season because they fucking deserve it. Um, and I think everybody in that cast needs to be fucking nominated. It is goddamn insane. Everybody besides the guy that played Rick, Rick Flair. I don't know what the fuck that guy was on, but that was not Ric Flair. I was laughing the entire time and not in a good way. Um, they could have casted literally anybody else as Ric Flair. I don't know what the fuck the thought process was on that one. Um, but that was the only part of that that I was like, oh, bitch, what? Um, and so that wraps up my top. I know that wasn't five, but those were the standouts for me this year. Um, and just ones that I wanted to highlight because we are pushing for time. And then honorable honorable mentions, I do want to mention that I did watch all of the Alien franchise this year. I am not a sci-fi girly. I've said it like three times already in this episode. And goddamn, Zagorny Weaver, goddamn is that woman talented because I, I can understand the hype now. I never really understood it before because, like I said, not a sci-fi person, don't really have an inclination to watch them. 
but god damn it were those movies enthralling like besides the third one i will say the third one we started to get a little we're, we're losing the fucking plot of the story but they're just so good if you're someone that hasn't seen the alien series at least try to give it a watch i love the set design and the sfx on the fucking aliens i think it's fucking weird and it is scary and it is something that i will re-watch for a very long time um because i'm very i was very heavily invested in them and i was genuinely shocked that he even enjoyed them um so that was a standout for me talk to me which i talked a little bit about at the beginning um starring sophia wilde that was a thrill it's like a thriller paranormal movie um and once again i don't want to go into too many details but i will say that her fucking performance if she doesn't get nominated for something i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking scream i'm gonna fucking scream like nobody can do facial contortions like she can um and it is so fucking jarring like watching her like turn into that like that that possessed like spirit oh my fucking god is it great it's a fucking insane it's insane because it is not cg i mean besides like the eye cgi that is her that is her fucking performing you would you would think that it is a real possession going on um i'm just blown away and the whole there's a whole sequence too where they're going like they're doing possessions at like parties and stuff because that's like the theme of the movie right possessions at parties that montage scene is is something something so fucking serious it's so fucking good and for that also to be a directorial debut is fucking insane and i want to see more and i hope they do i i think that they're going to do a sequel to it i think they're already in talks of doing a sequel um like as originally when they wrote the original one they were going to do a sequel so that's another one for me and lastly another sci-fi woo who would have known godzilla the godzilla um one my i think it's one minus um went to go see that in theaters with my sisters um it is in japanese it's a japanese release japanese release but i don't think that it's in theaters anymore but you can definitely watch it um on streaming services or online or if you want to pirate it i mean i'm not gonna stop you i think you should pirate shit anyway but you didn't hear that from me um but godzilla was so fucking good um genuinely so blown away i didn't know i was gonna cry laugh and literally be literally be scared out of my fucking mind watching that movie but i was um and it's just really a good another installment of godzilla and another one that doesn't humanize him but definitely makes me love him a little bit more um and i fuck with godzilla i fuck with him heavy and i've watched quite a few bad godzilla movies in my time but this one top of the fucking list this one goes toe-to-toe with the uh shin godzilla um which was also like kind of like a horror it was like a thriller one but that one was a little bit different but this one so fucking beautiful and the cinematography was fucking insane and the cgi fucking insane i will say um very blown away but that is the last honorable mention from me um those are my 2023 favorites for movies and televisions of the year television shows of the year and it has been a good fucking year i will say i have consumed a lot of media i had a lot of time on my hands this year um and i'm very very glad with all of the shows that i did watch i did have a lot of dubs that i did not even talk about um if you guys want to hear about my dubs of 2023 i would love to do an episode on just like 
things that I think that didn't work in movies and TV shows this year. Um, cause you know, I love to shit talk. So I would love to be a fucking hater for as long as I fucking can. <laughs> so that might be coming up in 2024, just doing like a recap of shit that I think that didn't work in 2023. And then comparing that with, um, you know, like my anticipated movies of 2024, cause there's quite a lot. Um, and I will do that at the beginning of the year, I think, because I think that would be a good way to start off the year. Um, especially cause there's not like a lot of good releases that are coming up in January. Um, it's going to be a dub of a start of a year, but it usually always is in January anyway. So, um, it doesn't start getting good until spring. I will say spring releases. I'm in there. Um, I know it's going to be, <laughs> yeah, I can already think about like three or four spring releases that are going to be fucking insane. So, um, I will do that. The next episode, we'll talk about shit that I think that didn't work in 2023 and anticipated upcoming releases in 2024 that I'm looking forward to. Um, but thank you for sticking around. This episode was a lot longer than I anticipated, but it had to be done. I had to talk my shit. So thank you so much for sticking through with the episode. Um, and I hope to see you in 2024 with more shit to come. Um, I'm hoping to get a lot um, not a lot, but a couple of people to come in and do some guest appearances on the episode um, and some more in-depth reviews um, and to talk a little bit more about pop culture moments and music because I know this was a little bit TV and movie centric on um, this episode, but I did want to highlight those because I know a lot of people were interested in my, um, my faves of the year. So thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you on the next episode and uh, yeah, take care of yourself. Bye, guys.